kind of hard when you open up your your binder and everything's upside down. That's not going to work very well now, is it? Today I just want to get right into our message because we've come together for two primary reasons. One is to honor our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, with our worship. And He so deserves our praise and our worship. And we did that this morning, didn't we? By singing, I love you, Lord, and He is here again, and He's among us, and He's changed our name, and we're just blessed to be a part of the child. We're blessed to be children of the Most High God. And the other today is to honor the mothers. Now, I want to say something today. I noticed two gentlemen with two wristbands that say redeemed. And if you have a wristband on that says redeemed, how many guys in this room have a wristband on that says redeemed? That's us. One, two, three, four. See, today was actually going to be my message on my, my uh, road of passion. Last week was the Emmaus Road. I was going to talk about the Redeemed Road. Come back next week and I'm going to try to pull that together. I, I saw your wristbands today and it caught my attention. But today, because it's a day where we honor moms, I just want to kind of uh, expound on what a mom is. Because moms are amazing. Would you all agree? Let's give them a, a praise, right? I mean, think about it. When you really think about it, what they actually do is insane. Check this out. By the time a child reaches the age of 18, a mom has added to her plate about 18,000 hours of child-generated work. Okay, so let's break this down. That's 750 days or two full years of her life doing stuff for and with her kids. Well, that's crazy. Moms... Now you know why you're so tired and you're so exhausted. Hey, have you noticed that all across America today, there's an obsession with watching reality-based TV shows? I mean, they're popping up everywhere, all over the place. And for some of us, we may know what some of them are. Some know that they're American Idol. America's Got Talent. I didn't want to say that too loud. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Don't watch that junk. That's I, I like when somebody's like, yeah, I wouldn't watch that either. But then there's also Survivor. Like them or not, we better get used to them because they are here to stay. Not only because they are making big bucks, but because they are meeting a very big need. You see, people today are hungry for relationships. They're hungry to be involved in the lives of real people. And so they even settle with the pseudo ones, virtual ones, on TV. That's why millions of Americans tune in each week. Now, have you heard about the next Survivor show they have planned? Sounds pretty insane. It's like this. <laughs> Survivor. What's it say? Outwit, outplay, outlast. Survivor mom, right? But here's the challenge. Six men will dro were dropped off on an island with one van and four kids for six weeks. Each kid plays two sports and takes music or dance lessons. There's no access to fast food. Each man must take care of his four kids, keep his assigned house clean, correct all homework, complete science projects, cook, and even do laundry. 
Now the men on this island have access to television when the kids are asleep and all the chores are done. But there's only one TV between them and no remote control. They must be able to get a four-year-old to eat green beans. The men must shave their legs and wear mascara daily, uh, which we shouldn't say that today, which they must apply themselves while driving and even making lunches. They'll be judged on how well they can make an Indian hut model with six toothpicks, a tortilla, and one magic marker. The winner gets voted off of the island and gets his old job back. Now, to win in these survivor contests, that we see on TV, right? You must outwit, outplay, and outlast your fellow contestants. It's a test of the wills, a test of endurance, a fight to the finish. And those who participate in these contests must sacrifice sleep and convenience and face many hardships. These contests are not for the weak or the faint of heart. So here is the trivia question for each and every one of you. What is the name of the oldest and longest running reality-based survival contest in the world? You guessed it. Motherhood. And this morning, with all that craziness aside... Our time together, I want to share with you some survival strategies that will help you not only survive, but thrive as a mom. And you know, in reality, we could say being a mom is difficult. But for us men in this room, maybe some of you men have stepped up and you've become the Mr. Mom of the house. And I applaud you for that as well. And for some of you, it's been an exciting journey. And for some new moms that are here today, this is a new exciting challenge and journey. And we realize how difficult it is because I, I know I, I'm living with four girls is a difficult task. And uh, now they're all grown. And I just have one wonderful woman who's in my home that I'd like to wish a happy Mother's Day. And, uh, and you know what? I tell every guy this. One lady is enough for anybody. And now I have three grand dolls as well. So I'm telling the guys they need, to, they, they need to work at this. And so for my daughter who's back in the nursery, we'd like to make an announcement. We, ladies and gentlemen, boys of gir- girls of this wonderful broadcast system, we have another grandbaby on the way. Our daughter Megan is with child. And we're growing and growing and growing just like that. That's what happens, right? Yeah, so maybe Victoria and Jake will, will add to the, to the harem. Wow, right? The newlyweds. Let's pray. <laughs> Let's get back to serious, right? Before we get into survival strategy number one, right? All right, Father God, we love you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for for all of us just coming together as a family. Lord, we just pray that you'll bless this message. Encourage all of us today. Lord, we love you. We thank you that, Lord, there's always something for each and every one of us to learn as we seek your face, not your hands. Lord, encourage us, challenge us as we all grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, help us to learn to outlive, outwit, outlast 
the enemy, the one who's after us to seek, kill, and destroy. So, Father, today we command Satan to get behind us. For today thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So understand, to win this contest, you must what? You heard it. Outwit, outplay, and outlast your fellow contestants. Motherhood. Motherhood is a test of the wills, a test of endurance, a fight to the finish. Those who participate must sacrifice sleep and convenience and face many obstacles and hardships. And we realize that motherhood is not for the weak or faint of heart. Now, with that said, let me also say that even though this message is specifically for moms, it is still not time. It is still not time for everyone else to check out. And I think sometimes we do that through like Father's Day and Mother's Day. We think, oh, this just doesn't apply. And I'm going to tell you why I don't want you to check out because for at least two reasons. Number one, you probably have a mom. How many of you have a mom? How many of you had a mom? How many of you know a mom? Or you know someone else who has a mom? Okay, I'm glad we're all on the same page. You see, they will help each one of us survive in the jungle of everyday life. Don't you like how I'm just kind of wording this toward the whole... Listen, it takes time. Come on, give me some feedback. I mean, I'm trying to make this fun and exciting today without it being boring and, you know... Do I have to bring this Survivor theme song back up again? Just kidding. (laughs) Number two, a second reason you shouldn't check out is that many of these survival strategies will not help, will only help moms survive, but they will help each one of us survive in the jungle of everyday life. So, okay, what I want you to do is either take out your iPad, your iPhone, your electronic device, your Android, or a pen and paper, and if you want to take notes, follow right along and, and write this stuff down. Because you're going to need your pen and paper today. Survival strategy number one. Moms, when you find yourself in the dark and difficult jungle of motherland, remember God loves you. Remember, and you can leave that up there for a minute, God loves you. Moms, I want to tell you something that might come as a surprise to you today. You are loved by God. Dads, Men, I'm going to tell you something that might come as a surprise to you. You are loved by God. Now, Mother's Day for many of you is a good day. You're happily married. You have children. You like your children. Some don't like their children. Your children like you. Your mother is living and you get along with her. So Mother's Day is really a good day for you. But for a lot of other mothers here today, Mother's Day is a hard day. Maybe you want to be a mom, but you can't be for some reason. Perhaps some of you didn't have the best mom in the world. Some moms may be feeling the pain of a wayward child this morning. Some moms feel guilt because they feel they did not do so good at this mom thing. And I'll tell people in counseling often, listen, none of us have a manual. None of us have a manual. We get to do this because every child was specifically, wonderfully, gracefully, perfectly made just the way that God wanted them made. And guess what? In his sovereignty and love, he gave you that baby. Some might be a little bit more difficult than others, but it doesn't matter. That child was assigned to you because you know what? You're capable of it. And I'm here to be your cheerleader. You are capable of it. Ra, ra, ra. Shish kumbab. 
there was my cheerleading act. Maybe for some of you today, others are flying solo and it's getting harder all the time. For some in this room, some of you are stepmoms. It's not been easy. And some of you have lost your mom. And whenever Mother's Day rolls around, it reminds you of that, <coughs> of that big loss. Excuse me. <coughs> that big hole in your heart comes back up. For a lot of people, Mother's Day is a very difficult and hard day. I want you to understand that I know and I recognize this. Now, regardless of where you are in motherland, regardless of your life situation, every single mom in this room has had some very difficult days, some very hard days. For some of you men, I know that it's been difficult, and I know there's been some days that have been hard. And being a parent just isn't easy. There are days when you feel like you've blown it and that you've just stepped over the edge and and made a terrible decision and you feel those waves of regret crashing over you. Other days you feel like a total failure. There are times when you feel very lonely. and, And I want you to know when those times come, as they will come to every mom, I want you to remember that you are loved by God, that God loves you. Understand, when you feel unlovable, When you feel like no one else loves you, not your husband, not your kids, not anyone, remember that God, that your Father in heaven, heaven never stops loving you. Do you know what else? Not only does God never stop loving you, but He never stops telling you that He loves you. From Genesis to Revelation, you can read about God's love for you. Check out these words in Jeremiah 31. God's people were going through some hard times. And in the midst of their difficulties, if they were to survive, they they needed to be reminded of God's love. And here's what it says in verse uh, 2 and 3 in Jeremiah chapter 31. It says, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Israel, when I went to give him rest, and then the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. In the message, which breaks it down and makes it probably a little bit more applicable, it says this, They found grace out in the desert. These people who survived, Israel, out looking for a place to rest, Met God out looking for them. God told them, I've never quit loving you. And Neville, never, that almost Neville. I'm not talking about Aaron Neville. Never will God ever stop loving you. So expect love, love, and more love. And so here's what he says. I've never quit loving you. I will never stop loving you. Expect me to love you. Listen, church, you too will find grace. Grace in the desert. And survive the heat when you remember that God loves you. Say this with me. God loves you. I think we use it so flippantly today in America. But I want you to know you are of value and God does love you. And check this out. Here's what God says in Isaiah chapter 4, uh, I'm sorry, 54, verse 10. 
says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. There's nothing you can do that will shake his love off of you. Even when your own tribe turns against you. Even when your own loved ones turn against you. Even when your children may turn against you and vote you off the island. Remember, nothing can come between you and God's love. Nothing. Now the Apostle Paul said it about as good as it could be said in Romans chapter 8. He said in verses 38 and 39 in Romans chapter 8. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Moms, if you don't get anything out of my message today, if you don't get anything else out of my message today, get this, you are loved by God. His love is what will get you through those hard days in motherland. And understand, God is crazy about you. He's nuts about you. He loves you big time. If you had a wallet, I'm sure your picture would be in it. If you had a refrigerator, I'm sure your mug would be on it. I mean, I'm sure your face would be all over it. Who will survive? The jungle of motherhood. Moms who remember that they are loved by God. And I know you've heard this. And I know this stuff isn't rocket science. And it's things you've heard before. But I believe that sometimes we need to understand that in, as the song says, sometimes we're just not enough. That he is enough for us. That God loves us. And he cares for us. Survival strategy number two. Remember that God sees. Now listen, man, I want you to stay with me this morning. Remember that God sees. Here's the question. When you are in the trenches of being a mom, especially those times when it's dark, tough, and ugly, do you ever feel like you're all alone? Have you ever felt like you're just all alone? Like it's just you against the world, kind of like the song that was out there in the 70s. Do you ever feel outgunned and maybe outnumbered this morning? I want to give you a quick snapshot of a mom who felt all alone in the thing called motherhood. In fact, here she is. She's out in the desert alone with her son, and her name is Hagar. And she's the first single mom on record, and she felt it was all up to her. But you see, she was wrong. And in this story in Genesis chapter 16, we won't get there because I'll kind of give you a little bit of a background here this morning because there's a lot I want to cover in the next few minutes. But Abraham and his wife Sarah have been promised a child by God. But the years kept clicking away and they kept getting older and still no child appears. So one day, Sarah, feeling that she will never be able to have a child, tells Abraham to sleep with her maidservant, Hagar. Kind of different on a Mother's Day message, right? Now, in the culture, this was a common practice to build one's family through a servant. But listen, 
listen closely, even though it was common practice and culturally acceptable, even though everyone else was doing it, even though it was a major reoccurring theme on the DBS, just follow with me, that's the Desert Broadcasting Station or the Camel Network, okay? It was wrong in God's eyes, all right? But Abraham, like so many today, gives into worldly wisdom. He messes up and he did something that was so vital, he failed to trust God. So here's what happens. He sleeps with Hagar and she bears him a child and they name him Ishmael. Well, needless to say, church, this arrangement, two women, one man, turns out to be a source of major conflict. And Sarah and Hagar do not get along at all. I mean, think about this. Every day there was a constant barrage of verbal missiles and insults that were continually being launched, launched towards one another until one day when Sarah, who basically and obviously having a higher rank, treats Hagar so bad that she eventually takes her son and she flees into the desert. So there she is, a single mom, a hostile world with no hope for the future, with no hope for the future for her son. Or so she thought. You see, God shows up as the single mom sits in the desert and he comforts her. He tells her that she'll be okay, that her son will be fine, that he will have a very good future. And here's what it reads in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. It says this, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Now, if you're in your Bible, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, I want you to write in there, Mother's Day message. And I want you to do something in your Bible this morning. I want you to write, The God who sees me. Circle it. Highlight it. Put an arrow on it. Because I think it's a vital, a vital point to be recognized this morning. So I want, if you're here and you're paying attention, I want you to look to the person next to you and say to them, God sees me. So moms, if you're going to survive in the outback of mother, motherhood, you need to remember that you are not alone in this task. The mission is not up to just you. And when times are tough, when you feel like fleeing out into the desert to get away from it all, just remember that God sees and God cares. Yes, there are many times, moms, when you're going to feel because everything in your life and home seems to be heading south, that God has forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But understand, he hasn't forgotten you. I love these words that were found in Isaiah chapter 49. God's people were going through some really tough times and they felt all along. So God reminds them and us 
that he sees, that he always knows that, we're, that what they are going through, and that it is impossible for him to forget us. And so he says in verse 13, and here's what he says. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Verse 14, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Who will survive? Those who remember that God sees me. That God is there and that he sees. Survival strategy number three. Seek God first. Seek God first. Now, there are a lot of reasons for seeking God first. Now, I think this can be correlated for all of us in this room. Not just women, but men. Now, think about this. You'll seek all kinds of things. Worldly pleasure. Lustful pleasure. The pride of life. Things that seem to gratify us. I don't know if, you know, maybe you've been through addiction or you're going through any type of hurt, habit, or hang-up. But I want you to know that we need to seek God first and He'll deliver you from any hurt, habit, or hang-up. You know how I know that? Because I'm living proof that Jesus is real. I want to talk about two reasons for seeking God today. That is essential for surviving motherhood here's the question do you think that moms have a lot of things to worry and be anxious about and so i asked some moms what kind of things they worry about in regards to their kids and you can probably relate and you'll probably say yes he asked me one being safe always worried or having anxiety about them making the right choices Marrying the right person, not getting in a car wreck, and not being influenced by the world. Understand if you are going to survive and thrive as a mom, you need to overcome worry because worry will mess you up in a quick hurry. Maybe worry is messing you up right now. Maybe you need to put your faith and trust in God. And I want to ask you a question. Are you a worrier? Do you worry? Are you concerned about something right now here in this room? Is there something that you can't get out of your mind? You just can't let go of it. I mean, even though it is out of your control, you still can't get it out of your mind. The Bible offers some powerful survival strategies in regard to worry and anxiety. The first one I want to look at is from Jesus. Picture the scene. All kinds of people with all kinds of concerns. And he says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through 33. He says this. Therefore do not worry. Saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But he says but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be, will be added unto you. Jesus says, make what? 
the kingdom of God your primary concern. And then all of it will happen. Every bit of it will happen. He will give you all you need from day to day. Therefore, there's no need for you to do what? There's no need for you to do what? There's no need for you to do what? Worry. You see, an essential survival skill for thriving as a mom is to seek God, is to give Him your worries. But here's the deal. It is only when we seek God first and make the kingdom of God our primary concern. It's only then that you can really give him your worries. Seek you first. Go after it. Try to find it. There's a song that was out. See? And then everybody, they even sing it like this. Don't worry. Be happy, man. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it in this room. Well, we could preach a whole message on don't worry. Because I think even as a young mother, you start to worry. You know, I've, I've been watching, you know, Caitlin as a mother over her, her child. And watching her and Ryan, and they worry. They worry about her food. They worry about her belly. They worry about, is she going to the bathroom enough? Is she getting enough? You know, and, uh, and as you can see, the babies that are in the room all over, we worry. It's just, a, it's a normal thing. But I want you to know this. You don't have to worry. Just be happy. Because God's got everything in the palm of his hands. He already knows he knows way more than we even know. We just need to put our faith and trust in him and know that God is working everything out for your good. And when you do that, you'll just have such great peace. The second reason for seeking God first is because God is what you really need. I like what Angela Thomas Guffey wrote in the Focus on the Family magazine. She says, Mother requires everything. But eventually everything given plus little replenished equals desperately empty. I'm going to repeat that again because I thought that was profound. But every, eventually everything given plus little replenished equals desperately empty. I held the empty cup of my soul out to my husband and begged him to fill it. I held out my cup to a bigger house and a minivan. But only Jesus could fill my soul. I tried my children and my girlfriends. I talked to them. But again, they could not fill the place designed by God for himself. And the goal of mothering is to be a woman of God to your children. A woman of God intimately connected to her Savior. And a woman of God can love and give from the overflowing cup that God has filled. Only God can meet your needs. Now, the fourth survival strategy I want to share with you isn't just for moms. It's for the whole tribe, for both husbands and the kids, for the whole family. Now, listen. If you want your mom or the mother of your children to survive motherhood and thrive, you need to, number four, show mom 
some appreciation. Appreciation. Am I the only one that wants it? I think we all want appreciation. Would you agree? And we all need it. In fact, we all have to have it to survive emotionally. It's the way we're wired up. God made us that way. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says this. Anxious hearts are very heavy. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. But a word of encouragement does wonders. A word of encouragement does what? The Bible said it does. It's true. Mark Twain said it this way. I can live off of one good and compliment for a week. George Adams says encouragement is oxygen to the soul. Here's a Japanese proverb for you. One kind word can warm up three winter months. People have a way of becoming what you encourage them to be, not what you nag them to be. Right? We don't want moms to be naggers. We want them to be encouragers. We don't need husbands to be naggers. We need you to be an encourager. We don't need children to be naggers. We need you to be encouragers. A word of encouragement during a failure is worth more than a whole book of praise after success. Another quote, catch me doing something good. So I've decided I would like to declare the rest of May 2023 as catch me doing something good month. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, a word of encouragement does wonders. It's just the way we're made. Yet many moms wonder every day if they're appreciated, if they're loved, if people even notice what you're doing. Does my family appreciate me? Does my family appreciate me? Does my husband notice me? Do my kids recognize me? Listen, one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom or the mother of your children or your wife is a gift of sincere, genuine, personal, continual appreciation. Understand this, that encouragement is the gas in the tank for the journey of motherhood and If you want your mother to survive, make sure you are pumping high-octane encouragement into her tank on a regular basis. Not just regular unleaded, but some super premium stuff. You hear what I'm saying up in there, church? I'm going to have to get the... Ladies, I'm trying to help you out here. You got to bring in the amens this morning, all right? Now, let me tell you. I'm going to give you an example of of the power of high-octane encouragement. In Proverbs 31, we read about a mom that is thriving as a wife and mother. She's known as the Proverbs 31 lady. She's a wife, homemaker, a businesswoman. She gets up early, the Bible says, and she stays up late. She buys and sells land. She helps the poor and the needy. She speaks wise words, makes clothes for the family. And many times, she's presented as the model of being a wife and mother. And most of the time, all she does is make Women feel guilty. This is what we find in the Proverbs 31 book. But as I was working on this message, I started wondering what it was that kept this lady going. And I found this as the answer in two verses towards the end of the chapter. And in my humble opinion, if these two verses weren't there, neither would the other 19 verses. So here's the key to Proverbs 31 lady. Here's the wind beneath 
her wings. And the Bible says in verse 38, I'm sorry, chapter 31, verses 28 and 29, it says this. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel at them all. Man, talk about putting fuel into someone's tank. Her children speak well of her. My mom rocks. She's awesome. She's a rock star. She is a godly woman. And it says, and her husband tells her, you go girl. You know what I'm saying? You go girl. I don't know how you do it, but you are the best. So today, husbands, kids, are you fueling up your moms? Are you filling up her wife tank, her mom tank with high octane appreciation? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Think of ways to encourage one another in outbursts of love and good deeds. We need to do this, right? Okay, I want to just wrap up this point about showing appreciation this morning with a tribute to moms from a book by Angela Guffey called A Tender Mercy from Mother's Soul. And it's an awesome description of all the things that moms do for their families. And this is for all of the mothers who froze their bottoms off on metal, bleacher, on metal bleachers at soccer games. Friday night, instead of watching them from cars, so that when their kids asked them, did you see my goal? They could say, of course, and I wouldn't have missed it for the world, and really mean it. This is for all the mothers who sat up all night with sick toddlers in their arms, wiping up chunks of wieners and hot dogs and cherry soda that suddenly reappeared, saying, it's okay, mommy's here. This is for all the mothers of Kosovo who fled the night and can't find their children. This is for the mothers who gave birth to babies they will never see. And the mothers who took those babies and made homes for them. This is for the mothers of victims of school shootings and for the mothers of murderers. For the mothers of the survivors and for the mothers who sat in front of their TVs in horror, hugging their child who just came home from school safely. This is for mothers who run carpools and make cookies and, and sew costumes, and for all the mothers who don't. This is for reading. Good night, moon. Twice a night for a year, and then reading again as that child says, just one more time, Mom, please. This is for all the mothers who mess up and who yell at their kids in the grocery store and stomp their feet like a tired two-year-old who wants ice cream before dinner. This is for all the mothers who taught their daughters to tie their shoelaces before they started school and for all the mothers who opted to Velcro instead. And this is for all the mothers who show up at work with spit up in their hair, mouth stains on their blouses, and diapers in their purse. Moms, I want to say this morning that I appreciate you and we appreciate you. So in just a moment, I want to ask all of the moms here to stand. Young moms, grandmoms, stepmoms, single moms, expectant moms, and adopted moms. 
And if there is any other mom I have left out, I want you to stand in just a moment. And dads, fur moms, yes. Thank you. I thought I'd cover them all. So dads, husbands, and kids, I want us to cheer them on, to affirm them, and to express our appreciation to them like your favorite team just won the Super Bowl. Cover the baby's ears, right? So moms, would you please stand this morning? And I want to say, moms, we love you, we appreciate you, and we don't say it enough. We don't say it well enough, but we love you, and we thank you, moms. So today we'd like to show our appreciation and give you a round of applause. Good job. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to do this in the next couple minutes. Because I just want to highlight these points. For many of you moms, sometimes you have to live up to expectations. But I want you to know that point number five in the survival strategy is this. Moms, let go of the super mom myth. Let go of the super mom myth. A super mom is a woman who has a full-time job. This is what somebody said at one point. She tends to all her kids' activities, is a fabulous cook, is a good housekeeper, always looks good, never misses a church service. And another name for these super moms is non-existent. I believe that there's a tug-of-war going on within our country in the hearts and minds of moms over this very issue of trying to figure out what is the right role for a mom to play. What should I do? What's right? What's wrong? And the heart of the tug of war is the question of, should I be a stay-at-home mom or should I be a working outside the home kind of mom? What should I be? Who am I? Listen, motherhood is a full-time job. As one mom said, if motherhood was going to be easy, it would never start with something called labor. I loved that. And yet there have never been more moms working outside the home in the marketplace than there are today. Nearly three-fourths of women with children are drawing a paycheck from some kind of work outside their home. And I applaud you for that. And understand, it all comes with a huge struggle. And you don't have to feel guilty. But I want you to know this. I'm no expert. I know of Dr. Phil and Dr. Dobson, a focus on the family. But I've learned a couple things over the past 18 years as your pastor. And I can tell you this. The Bible does not prescribe a one-size-fits-all for moms. There's no one ideal model for mothers that's given to us in the Bible. And in fact, there are all kinds of moms in the Bible. Old, young, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile, one child, many children. And understand, the Bible does not condemn stay-at-home moms or condemn those who work outside the home, and neither should we. But I've also learned another secret. Moms, all those so-called super moms that you meet at the PTA or at the grocery store or at the office or who live next door, here's 
the secret. They don't exist. You see, the problem with trying to be a super mom is that it's not realistic. And it's not healthy. It's not possible. But the bottom line is, mom, what's important is not to try to figure out how to be some mythical super mom. But instead, try to figure out God's call for your life. Quit trying to fit into someone else's expectations. And listen to what God wants you to do. Be the person that God made you to be. Be the mom that God created you up to be. And I love that the words of Solomon says it the best in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says that he was the wisest person that ever lived. And here's what he said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understandings. But in all thy ways acknowledge him. Seek his will in all that you do and he will guide your path. No, you don't have to be a super mom. Just be the mom that God made you to be. Trust him. Seek his will for your life. And he promises to guide you in the right path. And men, I want you to do just the same thing. Trust him with your whole heart. Seek his face, not his hands. And then here's one last final strategy. Focus on the ultimate reward of motherhood. Focus on the ultimate reward of motherhood. What's the ultimate reward for a reality-based TV show? It's a million dollars. It's fame. And it's fortune. There's reward. You see, moms, a hundred years from now, it won't matter what kind of house you lived in. The size of your bank account. The value of your possessions. That's not what's going to make you important. But from a hundred years from now, what will matter to you then is that you made a a difference in the life of your child, in the life of your children. That's what will matter more than anything else. Moms, you matter. You make a difference. And moms that make a difference invest themselves every day in the lives of their children. Let me say this in closing. Moms, God has uniquely positioned you to be the most influential person in the life of your child. You will mark them and set them on the trajectory for the rest of their life by what you do. Listen. Listen. Those long conversations in the car between all those activities... They do make a difference. Those bedside chats about boys and girls, they make a difference. When you drop them off at school or pick them up after school, you make a difference. When you help them with their math problems, even though you don't have a clue yourself, you're making a difference. When you allow them to experience the consequences of their wrong choices, you make a difference. When you bring your kids to church week after week after week after week, you truly are making a difference. When they see you put God and His church first, you are making a difference. Making a difference in your child's life. It says in 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, 
I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Isn't that amazing? And they call her blessed. So I want you to understand this. You make a difference with the countless things you do every day for your children. And I'm not just talking about moms. I'm talking about you men as well. You really do make a difference in your child's life. Moms, you don't have to just survive. You can thrive. Because when God wants to do something great in the world, He doesn't send in an earthquake. He doesn't stir up a tornado. He doesn't erupt a volcano. You know what He does special in your life? He sends in a child. But before He sends in a child, He finds a woman to be a mom to that child. Listen to this profound thought. When God needed a Moses, he found a slave, a little Hebrew slave girl living by the banks of the Nile by the name of Jochebed to be his mother. When God needed an Abraham Lincoln, he found a poor, illiterate Virginia farm girl by the name of Nancy Hanks to be his mother. When God needed a Martin Luther King Jr., he reached down and found the daughter of a poor black preacher in Atlanta, Georgia, by the name of Alberta Williams. When God needed a mother, Teresa, he found an impoverished Albanian young woman by the name of Nicole to be her mother. When God needed a savior for the world, he found a young Jewish girl living on the backside of an empire to be the mother of the Son of God, the savior of the world. And her name was Mary. God chooses women just like you. Ordinary, average kind of folks just like you to do something very extraordinary in you and through you to touch and to make a difference in the world through you to touch the lives of your kids. So moms, all of the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of the children that you have. Isn't that an awesome thought? You are the one. You're the mom that your children need. The all-knowing God chose you to be the mom to the children that you have, to those stepchildren God placed into your hands, to those little ones that have adopted, that are around you, that you have adopted. Moms, you make a difference. So this morning, focus on that ultimate reward making a difference in your child's life. Moms, you don't have to just survive. You can thrive. And you can thrive if, one, remember that God loves you. Remember that God sees. Seek God first. Are appreciated by your family. Let go of the super mom myth. You be you. God loves you. He sees you. And you rock. Because you're awesome. And then last, focus on the ultimate reward. Love, appreciation, and God chose you and gave you exactly who you were supposed to have. Aren't you grateful 
for his love for each and every one of us. I know this is difficult this time of the year. It's difficult for so many. My mom has dementia. She's not here. And it's difficult as we see her journey. Days she's real strong. Days she's not as strong and she's weak. And for some of you in this room, this has been a difficult year. That Maybe this is the first time you've been without your mom this Mother's Day. But you know why you miss her? Those are tears of joy. Because she meant something to you. Now you learn from what she's done, right, wrong, or indifferent, and you make sure you make a difference to the ones that God placed in your life. And that stands for each and every person in this room. Let us be the best we can be for Christ. We have expectations. Put them down. They're grown. Love them. Appreciate them. Thank God every day when you're on your knees, or you're laying in your bed, or you're sitting in your prayer chair, Mom, they will call you blessed. I promise you. Lift them up in prayer. And never stop praying for your kids. They're a gift from God. Happy Mother's Day. Let us pray. Let's rise to our feet. Father, we come to you today and we're grateful, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, that today that we can seek your face. To seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added so father this morning maybe there's someone here feeling some sort of way but I want them to know that Lord we could be reassured that in your word it says that God sees us and in this room we may feel small and inadequate but Lord we are more than small and inadequate. We are bigger and greater than we realize. For we're enough in you. Thank you, Father, for your son Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the gift of our moms, for the gift of our grandmoms, for the gift of those that have stepped into our lives to just demonstrate that love, the affection, attention, and care that is needed. Oh God, help us to be godlier. Help us to stop and know that, Lord, the gifts that you've given to us, Lord, were placed in our lives for a reason. Maybe there's a woman here today that, Lord, you just laid on my heart, that might be barren, that might not have a child, but, Lord, she has fostered a love and care for a lot of children, for a lot of people. Father, we thank you for her as well. God, we pray that you'll help all of us to be godly people, to be godly children, to be godly men. Help us to live our lives sold out, separated, and sanctified for you. Oh God, speak to our hearts this morning. Change us. We come before you. We bow before you. And Lord, we thank you that you sent your son broken, spilled out and we remember the sacrifice that was made for it was in Jesus 
that we have life and that we have hope. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, all God's people said.